0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome everybody to the Oz Network as we bring you another spoiler-free movie review. And uh, it's it's good to be able to host one of these myself. I was only on one of these about a week or so ago, uh, my very first one. Colin's generally been taking control of these ones. Uh, he's been doing it with his lovely wife, uh, Jamie, that's doing the episodes. He's probably also doing it too. He's a father, so they might well, Casper might want a brother or sister. I don't know. Uh, but we are here to talk about, uh, apparently, sex. No, we're here to talk about Baby Driver. Talking uh, about babies. Talking about, oh, it's it's appropriate, is it not? Uh, babies, how they're made. It's natural, people. Get your mind out of the gutters. Uh, obviously, uh, in cinemas now, great, great film. Uh, we're here to talk about just why we think it is great, and uh, maybe we also might talk about why it's not so great. I don't actually know the overall opinions of my special guest here on the show. Uh, For long-time listeners of anything else that I've been involved in, you might uh, remember him from such shows as The Brink. That's about it, because he hasn't been on any other shows. Uh,
1: I won three Survivors.
0: He he won three Survivors, yes. uh, I didn't know about that. Uh, Was that like the Ethiopian version? or? Something, uh, well. It was Survivor Launceston. Survivor <laughs> Launceston. Every day in Launceston is a survival. Uh, that's another story. Uh, it's Marcus Hollywood Bendel. Marcus, welcome to the Oz Network.
1: Thank you, Ben. It's great to be here.
0: It's uh, great to have somebody of such uh, high esteem on this show. Well, uh,
1: you need a bit of Hollywood expertise.
0: We do. I'm here. Well, uh, just to kind of fill in maybe some people who have no idea why he's called Hollywood. Uh, obviously, he's a renowned actor here in Tasmania <laughs> when it comes to... Uh, Advertising campaigns. How's Mama, by the way? Um... (laughs) <laughs> yes, she's
1: well. Thank you for asking. Um, yes. In my, in my early years, I did a an ad for the Italian Pizza House in Launceston. You
0: did more than one. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. Te- technically, I did two. And then they asked me to film a third, and I was too expensive for them.
0: <laughs> You'd gone Hollywood by that yeah. stage. Uh, in, his nickname during uh, ice hockey commentary days was Hollywood Bendel, because uh, he was Mr. Glamour mm. for the Falcons. Are you still playing? I am, yeah. You're still playing for the Falcons, or yes. did you get you change teams? No, I'm still playing for the You're Falcons. you still playing? Okay, yeah. I haven't gone to any games. This year, so I bleed gold and purple. That's <laughs> the- <laughs> might need to get that looked at, really. Yeah. It's probably uh, silly. you also were in an ad for an app, weren't you not? I've never seen a man <laughs> pull a phone out of his pocket and look so interested in what was on the screen when I saw you on that ad.
1: Yeah, a multi million dollar um, Tasmanian company called Savage that make procreate, the yes, <clears throat> the finest app. For iPad.
0: You can, you can advertise as much as you want. We have no sponsors. So, oh. I mean, we could gladly have them on as a sponsor if they're listening. They, so I uh, doubt it. They're no. very busy. <laughs> right. Is Mama's Pizza still around in Launceston? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mama's Pizza got some great pizzas, don't they? We can drop
1: them a line. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, if you're in Launceston, um, first of all, call for help. And secondly, if you're stuck there, you might need some food. So, uh, call Mama's Pizza. So, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> yes, we should. Uh, look at you, Mr. Intelligent. You, you already are here. Uh, trying to dictate this. But, yes, Baby Driver. Now, this uh, is a brand-new film that I had never heard of until about a week before you said... Actually, I'd heard of it, but, like, I hadn't heard much about it, I should say. So, kind of uh, suggested to you, let's let's have a mandate. Let's go to the movies. You kind of were on a real date because you were there with your girlfriend. Uh, but... You know, I met your, your friend and mm-hmm. we sat next to each other. and You had a mandate as well. Yeah, I guess we could say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is obviously the brand new film by Edgar Wright uh, and it's been doing great guns around the world, getting uh, very good uh, reviews and uh, so far seems to be doing well at the box office. Uh, going into this, was this a film that you'd kind of been wanting to see? You'd sort of been following this one in the, in the lead up to its release?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you, a couple of uh, months ago, um, browsing online as I do I saw the the poster and I had not heard about the film um, and the poster was the one thing that sold it for me mm-hmm. um, and that happens a lot uh, in my profession and being a designer um, usually the poster art will sell me or spoil for uh, whatever it is that I'm looking at so I saw it I thought that is awesome I thought it was fan art it was the official poster so that sold me even more I watched the trailer and I thought, this looks ridiculous. Look at that cast. This This is going to be great. I was excited for it as soon as that trailer finished.
0: And uh, I guess initial reactions, obviously we're here to talk about what we liked, what we disliked about the film, but I guess just sitting here as a, a general oversight of your opinion of the film, having seen it now a couple of days since we saw it, did, you, did it live up to expectations?
1: Yeah, I was, frankly, I was flabbergasted. That's by a good the, word. <laughs> this is a good word. <laughs> um, by the whole experience, um, there were just sections of that where my heart was just racing and I couldn't tear my eyes away from the screen. I had a big smile on my face. Um, from Yeah, I was buzzing. I'm glad that we we decided to do this podcast two days after we saw the movie instead of the night that we saw it because I would have been hyperactive. You would
0: have wanted to do it in a car and just drive yeah. really fast.
1: Yeah, we would have done blockies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
0: again, you're from Launceston. It so. is the Oz
1: network, and yeah. there's <laughs> more Oz than doing blockies. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Do some do some blockies, bro. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, I, would, I would share that opinion with you. It was, um, again, kind of going into with not that many expectations kind of just I didn't even watch a trailer going into it I kind of just read a bit of the synopsis of it it had Kevin Spacey in it that sold it for me Uh, um, and kind of yeah and Jamie Foxx I'm a big Jamie Foxx fan Uh, I'll be honest with you I haven't really seen much of Edgar Wright's other films so I kind of came into this a bit blind not really that familiar with his films I mean I've obviously heard of his films but um, I I wasn't aware of his style. Had had you seen many of his films going into yeah, this? Yeah, well,
1: obviously there's the Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and end of the end of the world, World's End, the World's End. Um, which y- yeah, um, as soon as you watch the trailer, you realise that it's not the same kind of film as those. They've got that kind of uh, British Simon Peggish, yeah, comedy. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually quite a lot of the delivery and humour that Scott Pilgrim had um, spotted throughout the film, I feel. But uh, after seeing Guardians of the Galaxy 2 earlier this year, I thought that would be best soundtrack of the year. Of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, famous for their excellent soundtrack, Um, but Baby Drivers knocked it out of the water. Mm. Um, It is a movie about, well, driving and excellent music, and so much of the movie is just made better by the inclusion of background music. And every shot... Actors are moving in time with the beat. Apparently, every shot is cut at the end of a 4-4. Um, and, yeah, it's just... I don't know. But Baby Driver, when uh, the character Baby, when he's listening to music, he has the same kind of enthusiasm that I have when I'm listening to music. You tap away on the, on the steering wheel... Your Play head. some piano on the table. You stop and you spin and you smile and dance. Yeah. And if you're in a good mood and you listen to music, that's that's how it feels. And that was that was really excellent to see on film.
0: I mean, you could you definitely argue music is a character of this film. I mean, it's it's almost as close to a musical as you can almost get without actually having the cast singing, I would say, because there's so many, like, as you were saying, so much of it ties in with the music. I mean, little things from, like, the, some of the shootouts in the film, it's tied to the beat of the music. Yeah. I mean, that was just so cleverly done, how that works. And the opening, kind of, the moment of the film, uh, that, that tracking, that ongoing tracking shot where he goes to get the coffee yep. uh, was epic and just the, the as you were saying, like how he's kind of he's working with the music. He's you know he's he's playing along with it, and just the timing of it, and just kind of even things in the background that time with the lyrics that you're actually yeah. listening to on the screen. And I mean the the soundtrack. I mean I don't know about you, but I already went and got the soundtrack basically within two days of seeing this film. Yeah,
1: it's been in my car. Since I since I left the cinema, yeah, uh, and it hasn't left, and it's not going to leave for a long time.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it is a lot of fun with it with the music and everything. But uh, I mean, we should kind of just touch on the fact. Obviously, you said it's an Edgar Wright film. Obviously, stars Ansel Elgort. Mm. Now, um, I have never seen anything with him in it before. I've never seen Fault in the Stars, which I think he's best known for. Um, and I mean, it's kind of he's got a real unique Hollywood name. You've obviously got a you got a feel when it comes to that. And I think kind of reading a lot of the things. That I've read in the last few days, that a lot of people thought it was a bit of a surprising choice to have him in this film. Because I mean, you know, obviously, I said The Fault Now stars. I mean, he'd been in some of the Divergent films and kind of n- not really a, a movie that you would consider. I mean, not, I don't want to say an action movie; it's not purely action. But I mean, I, I think from what I saw of him and what I've seen of him in one film, he he definitely held his own in the type of character, uh, you know, the character of Baby. And I, I just, I mean, he, I thought he was brilliant in this, in this role.
1: I, I do think that he, he took the character and made it his own. But it was a really odd character. Mm. Oh, very um, sure. Yeah, a, a character, a, a child of trauma, really, um, who was really good at one thing and kind of refused to acknowledge anyone else, almost, um, almost like autistic in his mannerisms. Yeah. Um, so if, yeah, like he found one really good thing And he was not very good at human interaction Or he just didn't care for it When he was interacting with people that he loved Um, Like his, was it his grandfather, his carer? Step,
0: stepfather, I Step believe father. he was, yeah
1: Um, I mean, he yeah, was very normal and outgoing and but interacting with anyone else, he was just reserved.
0: And he has a definitely has a baby face as does, well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking here; he's uh, 23. So, uh, but I mean, it kind of fits him well with the character of of baby. Uh, I mean, you know, he's very young, you know, fresh face, and everything along those lines. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Kevin Spacey; he's in this film. Huge Kevin Spacey fan. I think everybody on this earth is because he's Kevin Spacey. Yes. Um, obviously, Lily James, um, Eliza Gonzalez, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx. Uh, oh, it's it's interesting kind of the billing of, of the actors in it because I think kind of I when I saw the poster, it's kind of when you see the, the words like, and Jamie Foxx, it's kind yeah. of, you know, not necessarily thinking of like top billing, but he was in it a lot more than I think I was expecting, uh, you know, kind of going into it. I, I didn't necessarily feel based on what I'd read and what I'd seen that, Jamie Foxx is going to play a huge part in it. Uh, but I mean, he did. John Hamm obviously played a, a very large role in this film. And Kevin Spacey, I think, too, also. I mean, again, the limited knowledge I had of this film had a lot more to do in this film than I thought he, he was going to.
1: John Hamm expertly playing the character of the Punisher <laughs> yes. next to the Punisher. Yes, yes. Uh, John Bernthal? Bernthal? Uh,
0: yeah, you're asking the wrong person, but okay. I'll go along with that. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great cast. Uh, I mean, a lot of these ones, I mean, I, I'd never really seen uh, Lily James in anything b- besides this. Uh, sadly, I'd never watched Cinderella. Uh, so, you know, that's not really been on my bucket list. It's not on uh, your uh, radar? No, no, no. I've still got to catch up on Beauty and the Beast yet, Marcus. I mean, come on. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, mean, obviously we'll, I think we'll talk about each of them in their, their own way. And, and I guess for people who maybe are listening to this not that familiar with the storyline, and, again, this is a spoiler-free uh, episode, we'll eventually down the line do a full recap of this uh, later on in the, in the year when it comes out. But, uh, essentially, Baby... Is the is the driver? That's why he's baby driver, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially he has, as you kind of alluded to, had a fairly difficult upbringing, which has kind of led him into, I guess, working for Kevin Spacey's character, who. It's kind of like a mob boss, I oh, yeah. guess, crime boss. It's
1: a mastermind.
0: Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. you don't really get too much into his network, and but you don't really need to. No. I, I feel that kind of it's done well. Uh, and essentially, kind of through interactions between himself and Kevin Spacey's character, he's basically having to pay off a debt, essentially by being a getaway driver for Kevin Spacey's character's various crimes. And it kind of is leading to a point where he's nearly square. He kind of wants to get out. And at the same time, he meets... Lily James' character called uh, I've gone blank. I've gone Debbie? Thank you. Um, and they kind of fall in love, and it kind of interludes with him trying to get out while still having to, you know, a big score basically comes along and it kind of plays and various fun stuff happens. It is all a
1: storyline that we've seen before. Yeah. It's nothing groundbreaking and new. And watching it, I mean, there were times when I was just going, oh, I've seen this so many times. But I know that Edgar Wright knows that we've seen it so many times. And he wanted to go back and retread the classic storylines and the genre and do it his way. And do it, I mean, I guess in his mind, better or in just some really unique way. And I would say that he completed that. Like, I can watch that and go, oh yeah, you know, excellent driver, trying to get out of trouble, thinks he's square, falls in love, wants to escape, blah, 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 blah. Seen it. Twenty different times.
0: But it's the style of the way it's done. It I think the the whole element we're talking about with like the music, kind of how that plays into it, and just just the character of Baby is is like as you were touching on. He's just he's very unique in kind of his interactions with other people. I mean, he rubs uh, you know a lot of the the other criminals involved in the heists uh, you know very much the wrong way. They don't get him, so he's kind of like a threat to them. But obviously, he's got that level of trust with Kevin Spacey's character that you know he's obviously such the high rung on the ladder that you know people are working for him that basically Kevin Spacey's like hey I trust him you trust him yeah and i mean it, it it's kind of yeah it's it's done very well and yeah like it's exactly not a storyline that's exactly completely original but i mean it doesn't really matter i mean that's a good thing about a film that you know you you can you can go into a movie that you the storyline is so familiar but at the same time it, it just it's done in a way that it doesn't feel familiar
1: yeah absolutely i mean Apart from being a comedy, Sean of the Dead, retreaded, um, retrod? I don't know what the. <laughs> that what, what's the syntax on that, Ben?
0: Oh, uh, look, again, you'd think I'd know that, but, uh, I'm, I'm dumb. So. Retreaded. Retreaded. Uh, uh, lots
1: of familiar ground. Yeah. Um, common tropes, but did it in its own style, and, and that made it its own film, and I think Baby Driver sits in the same kind of bucket as that.
0: Do you. Now, I, I think, kind of just, uh, again, without going into a lot of detail, just kind of how, how the film worked, um, i I personally enjoyed uh you know probably the first half maybe the first two thirds of this film very much, so it was great. Mm. I will say the ending kind of felt to me a little forced um and maybe that was the most disappointing part of the film, kind of obviously just jumping around in various topics here but i mean just overall on that, though, if you've got to say something that maybe to me was a little bit disappointing how it is, I just I didn't necessarily like how it ended. I don't know how you kind of felt with with the way the film ended. We obviously can't go into too much details without spoiling it, but i I kind of left a little bit sour taste in my mouth with how they ended it. It didn't destroy the film, but it still I just didn't necessarily like how they did it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. um after talking to a couple of other people after watching it, and they've all voiced to me kind of the same thing that. That just the ending felt very shoehorned. I think I was I was honestly too wrapped up in the film to really notice it. I didn't find it jarring. Um, I didn't feel at all like the pacing changed all of a sudden or the this like didn't feel like someone new had come in and written like the last third of it or something like that. But yeah, um, reflecting on it now, I mean, it could have gone any way. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how else they would have done it, but I, I think that's really. I mean, doing these spoiler-free podcasts is really hard. It's to difficult do, because, it? I mean,
0: it's 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 kind of like I could easily right now say how I think it could have ended, mm. but that would spoil it. Um, and, again, we will save that to when we do a full recap of it. But it's – I mean, again, like, I don't think it ruined the film, for sure. I didn't leave going, oh, that was so great, except for the ending. Oh, that was terrible. Um, you know, it wasn't How I Met Your Mother. Uh, but, like, it just <laughs> – it, it's still kind of just that, and I, I mean, I did read that you know, Eggers kind of he's he's open to the possibilities of a sequel, which maybe kind of that kind of came into play that he thought like, well, hey, cool, we might be able to do a sequel out of this, sure. Uh, which I mean, look, even if they had have ended it differently, doesn't mean to say they couldn't have done a sequel. I mean, there's uh, ways around it. It's Hollywood, but yeah, I, I, I guess you know, if we were to talk about maybe things that we didn't like about it, that's probably one that I would say would be my standout.
1: Yeah, um, I guess for me um it was baby surrounded by these criminals and trying to convince himself that he was better than them and didn't belong in their world and by the end of it being very close on the track to becoming one of them and stopping and and realizing that he shouldn't be on that track and seeing just these parallels between sort of characters from the start and and where baby baby sort of ends up so it's um that that was that was where my mind was going at the end. And and to that, the, for me, following that train of thought, the ending made a lot more sense.
0: That's a, that's a very interesting point, actually, because, yeah, I it is definitely, for large portions of the film, that Baby, you don't want to say, doesn't fit that world, because based on what we know of his background and how he got involved, you would disagree with that. But I guess he's a certain type of criminal that's he's the getaway driver he's not the one who's holding the gun yeah sure so I mean it's yeah it's kind of interesting how quickly he transitioned into how he did and, and that kind of like Lily James's character with Debbie like it it's interesting how she kind of got involved with baby and then kind of found out certain aspects of him and then the way she got involved and kind of felt so quick to go along with it
1: yeah that that's probably if I was asked to criticise the film. Mm. Their relation, like, they had met four times, unless the story was that they'd that he'd been going to that diner and seeing her like a hundred times before that. But the film only showed four times. It didn't make any suggestion of a passage of time. And after four times of meeting this guy that just hangs out in her diner, she was prepared to throw away her entire life and run away. Yeah. Just to hit the highway and like he's obviously a criminal. Like Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> girls love bad boys, them. don't they, Marcus? Um, uh.
1: <laughs> girls like being buried off the I ninety, <laughs> obviously.
0: Yeah, it was I mean that that was kind of and that, it's not against the the character of Debbie or anything like that. It just that was yeah. It, it's something that again, I mean, we can't go into too much detail. I Maybe mean, we might have gone into too much detail there. I'm not too sure. But I mean it's I think kind
1: that of, was I'm pretty sure that the idea of him meeting this girl and away with her was in the trailer. If it's in the trailer, I'm going to talk about it. That's... Yeah, that's that's <laughs>
0: that's generally the rule for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's it's kind of, it was very interesting how that, that she was quit going. Because it's kind of like, again, well, there's definitely one side of which I'd love to be able to go into detail. Because me being nitpicky and how I'd like to really read into things too much. There's a whole section of the film where I'm thinking like, Is she really going to stay with him after that amount of time? Like, yeah. after having met four times? Yeah. Uh, really? Like, I mean, come on. Uh.
1: <laughs> and I mean, also like the his entire relationship with her is just like an Oedipus complex. Mm. Um, and the movie pretty much just states that, and it's a really unhealthy relationship. But at no point is that at all confronted. Instead, it's romanticized. Yeah. Um, which I I kind of walked out like That movie was awesome, and then I went. But wait a second. Um,
0: yeah, if you're going to this for a first date, don't go into it thinking it's going to, like, you know, signify your relationship. I mean, by all means, if this is your relationship, then good on you.
1: Oh, no. but no. Um, It's great first date material. Don't go watch it with your mum, is my <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
0: one thing I want to say uh, that I liked about I I really loved the humour. And, I mean, maybe this comes down to the fact that I haven't really... I'm not familiar with Edgar Wright's work, so I, I kind of... Going into this blind as a Edgar Wright virgin, so to speak. But, like just some of the little subtle little jokes, like it was in the trailer so I can talk about the scene, but when they get the Mike Meyer masks, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's like, this isn't Mike Meyer. It's like, yes, it is. lost Austin Powers. And it's like, no, the guy from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason? No. <laughs> this is a Halloween mask. Yes. Just, um, oh, that was just hilarious. And, uh, I mean, it just it just worked so well. Into it. There's just so many scenes like that that just, uh, that was, it was so funny, like laugh out loud funny, yeah, uh, you know, which, was, which is good about a film, I think, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's classic Edgar right? He, I mean, he definitely turned down the comedy on this one, but didn't try to shy away from it. I'd say that there's like a, I mean, I, I believe listening to the Homecoming review, you don't watch a lot of Marvel movies.
0: Uh, it's not that I I go out of my way to not watch them. It just it honestly just hasn't come into my life. I'm going to. I've I've always been more team DC, but it's just like I just I don't know why. I honestly have not just got around. there. just all of a sudden I watched Iron Man. I watched the Edward Norton Hulk. I woke up the next day and there was thirty thousand of them to watch. And I'm like, shit, what have I done with my life? You know, so
1: just rewatched Bonds.
0: Yeah, apparently, <laughs> you know, James Bond took over my life. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will be watching them.
1: Um, yeah. so I would say that there's probably. All, all Marvel movies have like a certain amount of comedy to them, um, just a certain amount of levity and heart. And I feel like Baby Driver is probably on the same level of that, um, but it feels a lot more genuine. The Marvel films are always kind of like throwaway lines, just little things, um, just to sort of make the audience.
0: Charming. It's more natural rather than just going for the yeah, obvious one absolutely. line. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I mean, I. I, mean, not, I can't compare that to Marvel films, but I mean, there are definitely other films. I mean you mentioned James Bond you could argue there are definitely James Bond films where it's you know tacked on one liner just for you know shits and gigs but yeah absolutely then there are definitely obviously the more the natural ones I mean, one thing that obviously you talk about of being sort of a, a heist, car chase kind of movie obviously the, the, the sequences, the, the car chase sequences mm. and kind of reading a lot about it, the fact that it basically didn't contain any CGI. These were all done. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, they were, they were second to none. They were fantastic, high-octane, like you are saying about how you just pumped up watching this and, I mean, you posted on Facebook about saying, like, how it's so difficult to drive home having just watched this, you know.
1: Well, yeah, walking to my car out of the, out of the cinema... Um, I had some th- some guys that were in the cinema with us pile into their white Hyundai Gets <laughs> and do a burnout down the road past it. And I'm thinking, P-plate flapping in the wind. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Listening to some um, Queen uh, going along. But, I mean, but uh, you look at Baby Driver and think about the, the car scenes in that. And I appreciate those way more than anything that I've ever seen in any of the Fast and the Furious franchise.
0: I was actually thinking that. I mean, I've seen one Fast and Furious movie. That was enough for me. I mean, they're, they're chasing submarines in ice now. I mean, that's ridiculous. Spoilers. This, spoilers. This, oh, fuck spoilers. That was in the trailer. I mean, I've never seen that. That was not one I've seen. But And they're talking about the next I go to space. I mean, did they not watch Moonraker? Come on. But it's, yeah, It's it. I was thinking that in this film. i like, thinking, like, this, to me, is a, is a car chase film. Like, this is what Fast and Furious I think was based on was this initial more street racing obviously rather than, you know, driving away from a bank robbery. But hmm. yeah, I mean I I think that in this age where I guess car chase films and Fast and Furious and you got need for speeds and all that sort of stuff are kind of back in the in the in the mix. It's this was just it was amazing. And just knowing now that what everything we saw was done, you know, by stunt drivers. Yeah. Like that makes it even even higher up, I feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean most of the stuff he wasn't in some like souped up, whatever I don't know, spaghetti, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good with cars, Ben.
0: I, I know Ferraris and Formula One cars. All right, that's about all I can tell you. He
1: was in. He was in a Subaru, and at one yeah. point he was in like a like a people mover. He was in an avalanche. Like there yeah. was
0: that scene where they basically are saying like you need to get this special type of people mover. Yeah, and he ends up with like the avalanche or whatever. I don't know who makes it. Like fucking, uh, there's an ice hockey team called the Colorado. The Colorado makes it. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was. Exactly, you're exactly right. Like, there was what one scene when he kind of gets a really, like, souped-up fancy... I think it was a Mustang at the end, I don't know again, but... The,
1: uh, yeah, some kind of GT.
0: Yeah, and, um, like, that was kind of... It wasn't exactly like he's gone out of his way to get it.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, like, he he was just driving normal cars really well. Yeah. And there was a... Just, I mean, with the the music, and the music was mostly, I mean... 90% of the soundtrack is from, like, the 80s to 90s, I guess. Um, and so much of the driving, of course, was shot by shot in time with the music as well. Changing gears and hitting corners just in time with the music. And you're just thinking, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: it's it's just that, that opening sequence, like, not the coffee one. But I think, actually, I mean, I won't go into too much detail because, again... There's some in the trailer. But I know you can look up the first six minutes of the film is online, but yep. I'm not going to assume that people watching this have, uh, listening to this have seen that. But kind of just even that opening, opening scene when he's in the car and he's just kind of, like, straight away, like, you know, going along with the time and he gets the windscreen wipers and yep. just even little subtle things, like his little quirks that he has, like, at one point where basically they all get in the car and he's like, no, 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 going to start the song again. Yep. Like, sure. it's just kind of like he's so, like, into that and it's just, you know, like, there's the one scene there where they're talking about certain songs. Like, oh, it's not on this iPod and he pulls out another yeah. iPod. You know, it's just... It's yeah. It's I, I I really do like, and I, I will say like kind of going into this like a lot of that music in the film necessarily wouldn't be the my type of music. You know, it's not Justin Bieber, uh, but it's I mean it's still kind of it influences you enough when you watch a film like this that you automatically you like it and you you want to listen to the soundtrack.
1: Can we recut recut the trailer? Entirely with Justin Bieber songs.
0: Absolutely, I'm sure it will work. You know, if I was your <laughs> no, boyfriend, <laughs> no,
1: it's, it's called Baby, Baby, Baby. Yeah,
0: <laughs> my baby, baby. <laughs> Yeah, that that would. I think that could work. I'd watch that. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? Um,
1: yeah. I don't know. It's. Uh, I, sorry, I was distracted by Justin Bieber I totally forgot oh, what we were talking about.
0: You know, you mean, Justin, you would get distracted by distracted by the beebs, of course.
1: Um, the, the thing that. There wasn't a lot of modern technology in the film. No. And until maybe like the the last third, last quarter, you actually maybe wouldn't have been able to tell what year it was filmed in or to, what, to, what film it was took place in, not filmed. Um, I mean, he's all running with old school iPods, like iPod chunkies. Yeah. We're not talking about, like, iPod Touches or anything. This whatsoever. is pre-click wheel iPods. Yeah, exactly. He's just got pockets full of those, drawers full of them. Um, everyone's running around with burner phones that are, like, little flip phones. I don't know, Motorola's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The, what were they called? The Razors? They yeah. weren't quite the Razors. But, yeah. uh, um,
1: yeah. And so, at one point, I was like, is this meant to be, like, modern? And I guess <laughs> some of the cars I drive past would have been, you know, 2017, 2016 models. Um, But apart from that, there wasn't a huge emphasis on it. You didn't see him playing with iPhones and stuff until the
0: around the end. Well, even even like the 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 poster that you talked about the very beginning, the style that's in kind of almost like a real seventies vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, for sure, you. It's it's. I mean, it's obviously is set in the modern day, but it's you're right. Like it's not specifically said. Um, and because even, like, this kind of the, the subplot where he, he kind of, uh, through his music, he kind of creates his own music mm. um, through a lot of recordings that he does. And, like, the 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 method that he does, I mean, he's got synthesizers. He's got, what's that? that? Oh, the, the
1: paper, recording onto the paper?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and just kind of, like, he's still using cassettes and kind of just the tracks and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, you and I are sitting here right now on this, you know, uh, fangle-dangle, I'm just sounding like my nan all of a sudden. Uh, like a, a a recorder here.
1: It's a H4N Pro. Exactly. Handy recorder. Yeah,
0: you know, we don't have this paper synthesizer. I mean, I'd love to. I mean, you know, old-school gra- podcasting, 80s podcasting, back when you actually had to have a radio show. Put it yeah. on the gramophone. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. And it, it kind of it, it worked, though. It, it really did work. Like, the the scene when you kind of you see him getting an iPod for the first time through a flashback, I mean do you remember those do you remember the first iPod
1: I I remember it I did not own one
0: I uh, had like first I had a click wheel one but I think it was like second gen cuz there was, was only like a 20 gig but that was like wow Twenty gig yeah, and I mean that was back when they were like see I remember getting it like it was it was basically a bribe from my parents because we moved into this house that I didn't want to live in so they're like oh we'll bribe you we'll buy you an ipod we'll buy you furniture I'm like okay cool and they I was in Sydney at the time and they like transferred me the cash on my last day in Sydney I remember going to Maya in Sydney like in, in the mall there and just buying it thinking wow I'm the coolest person I have this fat ipod thing because I was listening to a discman still man I mean come on
1: Can't fault the Discman. Yeah.
0: Well, exactly. Or the Um, Walkman, you know.
1: I had, it wasn't a Zune, (laughs) but it was pretty close to it.
0: Wow. Um, What happened to the Zune? What happened to Microsoft's version? They just died. It's in a
1: grave. (laughs) It's in an open grave next to, um, was it HD, DVD? Yeah. And the grave is just open, (laughs) waiting for Bing. (laughs) (laughs) Arms <laughs> <It's> are <laughs> open, just waiting. For air. You,
0: I know, I know. You listened to our uh, Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler-free one. Go back and listen to our amazing Spider-Man full recap, where we just rip shit into the fact that Peter Parker uses Bing. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Well,
1: I mean, in the I mean, in Homecoming, he uses Adele. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I use iPhone at the moment, but I still actually have an iPod Classic, like 160 gig, because it fits and still doesn't fit all my music on it. But I mean, it, I've got it on my right now. Right now, what am I doing? I can show it to you, Marcus. Look at this. Listeners at home can't see that, but uh, that's been lasted. That's lasted me for a good ten years. Works perfectly fine, and that's that's my music. That's oh, wow. that's my jam. So you're looking at my music right now. is
1: the preset, just gonna
0: go through the list. There's Bieber and there Tom's somewhere. Diner,
1: feet Britney Spears. Yeah,
0: i no, I have no shame.
1: Everyone <laughs> one fave temp.
0: Yeah, he th- Marcus thinks he can shame me after a tweet that I liked the other day. And he <laughs> <laughs> it's like be careful what you like on Twitter, Ben. And I'm right. like, well, there's you know. ones
1: called Britney list, and it's
0: <laughs> yep, it's all my Britney Spears. Seventy eight songs of Britney Spears. Go to the Madonna list. Colin's listening to this right now, just rolling his eyes right now. There's Die Another Day on it too. No shame. What there we another? go. What the list is know my taste. I defend Die Another Day on do- on double seven. So
1: <laughs> Kylie list, Madonna list.
0: Yeah, I'm still straight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whilst we out-Ben uh, Marcus says sitting on a pillow With Superman and Batman kissing uh, <laughs> One thing I wanted to say You talk about like the uh, Kind of not getting the vibe of the era I just wanted a little side note On the fact This is set in Atlanta uh, I think I initially read a saying That it was obviously meant to be set In um, Los Angeles As a lot of films are But I actually This is the thing that I actually learnt Recently being in the States That Georgia Is I think the second or third Most frequently filmed state In the US because of tax cuts, and yeah, so it's okay. very cheap to film in Atlanta. Um, and I've been to Atlanta, and it's it's a great city. I love I love Atlanta, and you really I like a film that really kind of. Uses elements of a, of a city and kind of makes you feel like that's part of the film And I, I don't know about you, maybe this is just me having been there I kind of noticed a lot of things that I'd seen and places I'd been to before But I, I really felt like Atlanta at parts was part of this movie And it kind of isn't overly emphasised too much Like if you know it's in Atlanta, you know the skyline You see the Atlanta police cars and things like that But I maybe mean, it's just a me thing I like it a movie that emphasises the city it's set in
1: Yeah, especially you know, just a big opening scene, Bank of Atlanta um, I mean but I don't know that much about Atlanta and I was just like that's fine take place in Atlanta yeah <laughs> um, but yeah it was it was like um, I mean baby's dressed like he's from the 80s he's wearing wayfarers and a, <laughs> a almost a leather jacket and Apparently diners are still a thing.
0: Well, yeah. The the thing that I actually learnt too, just on a side note, was when when he answers the phone, what does he say? Like, what do you have? What or do something. you have? So apparently the the there was a trivia. I know you were reading the IMDb trivia page before. There's a very famous diner at Atlanta, which I actually went to, and it's amazing it's the most amazing food. It's called the Varsity City. Mm. And anybody who's been to Atlanta, apparently that's just like a staple thing. It's like you go to Launceston you go and get you know mugged somewhere. You go you go to Hobart. You get a to the face. Yeah. <laughs> you come to Hobart, you go to Mona. Like you know, there's just sure. things you do when you go. To cities. <laughs> um, you got to Hobart, like, you leave and go to Melbourne. Um, but, like, yeah, Atlanta, you go to the VAR city. And that's apparently like a thing that they do when they answer the phones. Like, what do you have? And, yeah. and like, I didn't hear that because I didn't ring them. Yeah. But um, I just, I, I heard that that was kind of a tie in to use it into yeah, Atlanta it's good. references. It's good
1: that Edgar's gone through and he's actually honoured the the location and sort of like the, the feeling of the area. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just. <laughs> Did, what sort of things did you have an issue with in the film?
0: I, I mean, I went over like the ending, uh, obviously the, you know, the, the, the love story kind of little bits here and there. Um, I mean, outside of that, I I don't know if I had really too much. I mean, it was kind of, it was just, it was a film that was so, like, it was just enjoyable to the aspect that, y- you know, when you go and watch a movie and you, you never feel like you need to look at your watch or how long have you been yep. in the cinema? Yeah. And you kind of get to a point where, I mean, there's always that point, I think you do slightly glance at your watch, you know, because, I don't know, you're missing out on Ninja Warrior back home or something like that, so you want to make sure that you're going to see the ending. I, I don't know. Um, but those Gilmore Girls reruns. Yeah, exactly. Like, shit, they, you know, yeah. my, my, uh, I was going to say Netflix runs out. It doesn't run out. What's, uh, What do they use to call? TiVo? That's what, you know, TV. back when iPods, whatever. I'm DVR. I'm, yeah, DVR. Thank you. VHS. But, um, so I, I kind of felt this was a film that definitely it just, it flew by, like, because you're enjoying it so much. So I mean I I really don't know outside of the ending and maybe just the, the love story kind of what there I think maybe some of the uh I mean I can't really go into too much detail without spoiling it. Some of the character demises uh I mean John Ham's character for example like I didn't necessarily like how that played out kind of how he started to how he played out. Like, I was kind of calling it in my head a certain thing that happened with this character, like thinking like, okay, something's going to happen there. Yep. So I kind of, I mean, mean that again, going back to what you're saying, but this is not an original story. If you've seen stories like this, you know something like that's going to happen. I'm not claiming I was the one who thought of that. I'm just saying that was a fairly obvious thing. But I I maybe wasn't a huge fan of kind of how his character ended up. Uh, And I, I don't know if that comes down to... You know, just him as an actor. I, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to stretch for things here because I don't think yeah. there's a whole lot that I didn't like about this film.
1: I think, I mean, the film kind of featured a rotating roster of criminals because uh, Doc, played by Kevin Spacey, the mastermind, he likes to have a different crew on every job. He he has a number of guys. He's got contacts. He calls in a different crew and he has... it. And Baby is the one constant. And it's, it's his lucky charm. It's his lucky charm. All those criminal characters... um I mean we got Jamie Foxx's character, John Hamm's character, John Bernthal's character. Um they they're all just like a cookie cutter criminal stereotype. Yeah. There is not a lot of depth to them. They are trying to be harder and more crazy than each other and that's that's their entire existence. And the, at points sort of People bring up different things, and you start to see the cracks forming. That you kind of see who they really are underneath, and that's all just an act. But for the most part, it's not really explored at all, and no. they wouldn't have enough time to explore it. But it kind of—I
0: think it works. Though it's kind yeah. of like saying before about like Kevin Spacey, how like his character really—you don't know too much about how how is he this kingpin? How has he become like this really head honcho of the of the criminal underworld? Mm. But you, you kind of feel you don't need to know it, and it's like yeah, like. They're not sort of developed, but it it again it kind of it works,
1: yeah, and I guess that kind of plays off the not the tropes but sort of like the what's been treated before, yeah. I mean, if this movie had been released in the eighties we wouldn't be like, oh, well, why didn't the criminals get thought out? <laughs> yeah. You're like, Arnie saves the day. Exactly. You just go, they're bad guys, and yeah. that's, that's it. They want to make money, and you go, oh, yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one thing, actually, that I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, was kind of, I, I sometimes like to think in, in these films where, like, say you have bad guys, and they're very much, you know, they're winning, they're getting away with what the bad guy stuff is, and how are things, you know, how do things fall apart for a bad guy? Like, what's the point where maybe you can pinpoint that is the moment where shit starts to go wrong. And not necessarily just bad guys. It can be even for good guys too. Maybe how it kind of gets to a point where it does turn bad and kind of how that happens. Like, to me, it's kind of really avoidable. (laughs) Like, I mean, again... You know, we're finding little things to nitpick here, and again, it's very much nitpicking because it's still it leads to the ending, maybe that I didn't necessarily like, but I, I definitely feel there are moments that kind of lead up to what happens at the end that were very much avoidable. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, again, like that's every single film is like that. I mean, it's not just a unique thing to Baby Driver. Yeah. But uh, you know, maybe this, this is kind of an over overbearing sense of wow, really? If there was just like one moment that if you didn't do that. You get away with what you were trying to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, I mean, I I'd like to bring it back around to um the music for a second because of course there's a a fairly lengthy maybe ten to fifteen minute chase scene in the the middle of the film, and the entirety of that is set to a song by a Dutch rock group um called uh, Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. by the band Focus. <laughs> Which is uh, quite a famous rock song, which involves a lot of yodeling. Mm-hmm. And um, my father was heavily into music when I was growing up. Um, and he got me onto that song and was like, yeah, it's rock yodeling. <laughs> and I've always loved that song. And I've never encountered anyone else who had ever heard of it before. Uh, or it's, I mean, it's also something I bring up in conversation. I don't go to dinner parties, shake people's hands, and then be like, do you know Hocus Pocus? No focus? <laughs> well, you should now, I after should. Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah, and it started, and I went, oh, holy shit. Yeah, And then I had the stupidest smile on my face watching this chase, this, like, immaculately shot chase sequence that goes for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. All the while, this massive rock song is going in the background <laughs> with the yodeling. And I'm thinking, this is, I mean, okay, um... What else came out this year, All right, as far as, what are we, halfway through the year, uh, what's come out 2017 that you would say you enjoyed more than Baby Driver?
0: You know, I actually, I I, I know you listened to Homecoming, our episode, uh, available via iTunes, download it now, um, but I think, I, I, I don't know if you heard me say in that episode, that was the first movie I'd been to since Rogue One, Oh right. so uh, I honestly had not seen anything up until yeah, Homecoming, okay. so... Um,
1: Did you like it more than Homecoming? Yes, so it's your favourite film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we're talking <laughs> about films released this year, I mean, uh, on my recent travels, I, I you know watched a few films. I guess it were kind of recent releases, mm. sort of. Uh, I mean, they they were technically. Cl- I think actually no. Well, Patriots Day, I believe, was technically released in twenty seventeen. The okay. the Boston Marathon bombing sure. film uh, with Mark Wahlberg, you know, because he's in everything that gets, I don't know, blown up in Boston. I don't know. Uh, I mean, but that was actually a, a quite an enjoyable film. I, okay. I really did enjoy Patriots Day, but. Um, yeah, I, I. This is why I've not been on many of these spoiler-free episodes because I just don't go to the movies. Yeah, apparently, too busy recapping TV shows that are like fifteen years old. So, <laughs> um, get
1: that current content.
0: You know, Nip Tuck and Third Watch finally <laughs> get this, uh, this this recapping. But, um, but what about yourself? I mean, you are much more of an avid movie follower than I am when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yeah,
1: I have been to the movies quite a bit this year, and i I would say that Baby Driver has been my favorite film of the year. Really? Wow. Um, I mean, I am a living and breathing diehard Spider-Man fan and I spent most of your review of it screaming <laughs> at my computer because of the <laughs> amount of... I, f- it- I feel
0: we do need to get you on for another episode for you to... Uh, maybe we're going to record a little section for uh, one of our other shows. The Brink, download now by iTunes. Uh, perhaps I'll get you to give me a bit of... Uh, uh, you can rip me a new one on that one, but uh, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i going to go see Baby Driver again. Oh, as, wow. As, as soon as I can. Um, I was thinking that I don't know I would ever get sick of watching this movie, and I was also thinking I never want to watch this in anything except a huge cinema. Wow, uh, big call. I, I I genuinely it was everything that I wanted it to. I watched the trailer and I thought this is a certain type of movie. It was that type of movie, and I was really happy that it was that type of movie. It was just what I wanted. It was it was like a modern take on an old classic, um, masterfully shot, well acted.
0: Um, great music.
1: Excellent, excellent music. This
0: one thing gorgeous. one thing I want to say actually. I, I I want to actually just sort of segue that into actually I no, will segue this and I'll go into my other point in a second. Um I mean yeah, I mean you're not alone. 95% uh this is on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. Yep, That's sure. kind of how high it is at the moment. Um, yeah, average review of 8.1 out of 10. Um and it's currently a Metacritic is at 86 out of 100. And I was kind of um I mean, I know. Again, as you said, we're halfway through the year. It's probably way too early to kind of think about like Oscar buzz. But I mean, I, I mean, I kind of this maybe I think we'll miss the boat when it comes to a lot of that. Maybe Golden Globe musical comedy. We wouldn't even put that in the comedy. I mean, I mean, the what was it? uh The Martian got nominated for a comedy. So I mean, who knows what a comedy is anymore? But. I mean, I kind of noticed that they had, like, three tiers on one of these, like, official sort of websites that track the the Oscar bars. Yep. This is kind of, like, on the third tier of, like, films that are maybe can sneak in. Uh, but, I mean, you'd think maybe, like, an original screenplay or something like that, surely, wouldn't I
1: mean, I'd be surprised if it doesn't win some awards. Yeah. It is um, a masterfully shot film. Edgar Wright knows how to make a good film, and it is a really good film amongst a sea of veritable garbage at the moment I mean, <laughs> you're going to put that up there and then you're going to put Transformers The Last Night or whatever it's called
0: <laughs> notice um, how we I'm haven't still, even touched any of those movies I'm, I'm you see kidding. one Transformers movie you've seen all 1700 of them
1: yeah um, so, uh, some other guys that I know that um, have a podcast basically said that it was worse than Tommy Wiseau's The Room <laughs> So that's but taken the rumors kind of come
0: full circle though. Now that it's kind of it's so bad it's good now, isn't exactly, it? Exactly.
1: Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Transformers will ever no. get there.
0: You know, it's Michael Bay's fanboys that basically you know. He uh, has fanboys. Oh, I mean, I'm sure uh, everyone
1: he's, I know who loves Transformers G1 loathes the Transformers films. I,
0: I like Armageddon. You know, that's a classic. <laughs> uh, Michael Bay did that, so yeah. Um, come on, did, you can't not say there's parts of Armageddon you don't like. What about The Rock? Uh, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. I mean, 90s Michael Bay is good. Um, like, you know. I think we've gone off track. He made Pearl Harbor. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this would go when it comes to sort of like the award season. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely not one that I think will, you know, it's a shoe in for all this sort of stuff, but it would be great to see it, you know, feature because oh, I agree with you. I definitely think it, it deserves something there. One thing I wanted to quickly say, um, which is kind of going back to what I was saying about the film is, Look for um, there's there's lots of little Easter eggs in the film in terms of like foreshadowing. So like if you kind of pay attention to things they're watching on TV and just quotes and just little things like that. Yeah, and that's what I thought was very cleverly done because I mean some of them are kind of I don't say obvious that's not the right word but I mean if if you're kind of an attentive person and you kind of notice and remember maybe just little subtle things that are said they always come full circle but in kind of reading the trivia afterwards and again this is something that we can go into more when we do our recap later in the year um you know there are just certain things that are set at certain points in the film that really play a part in it like foreshadowing kind of little moments which i thought was very cleverly done
1: yeah i mean there's points where he's flicking through a tv channel and there are uh, quotes happening all the time and movies happening and then later on he says those lines verbatim and i don't think that's foreshadowing i think that's him taking cues on how to have social interactions purely from what he watches on TV um, which just is more information about this character who I mean again it's kind of a it's a little bit of a trope at the moment like the Aspie kind of guy yeah. who's bad at social but really good at one thing the Sheldon Cooper effect yeah the, it's just using it as a as a character trait I'm glad it wasn't overplayed at all it was suggested no. but never sort of firmly emphasized that just like this guy is good at this uh, driving he doesn't want to be part of it but he is he wants to be happy you the audience want him to be happy go
0: because Have it really story. it really is one of those moments where it's like i mean he's he's a criminal there's no there's no denying that he's a criminal but yeah I, in in the group of criminals he's with he's the good guy yeah so it's kind of weird that yeah you're right like you're rooting for him even though technically when you're watching what he's doing in parts of it particularly towards the end you're like really shouldn't be rooting for him but like you are you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like Kevin Spacey's character. Like, I kind of was expecting from what i would gone into this reading was that he was maybe going to be, like, real badass, like, you know, whatever. And, like, I'm not saying he wasn't a badass. He definitely had some great scenes where he was like, whoa, fuck, like, you don't want to cross this guy. Mm. But he still kind of also came across as almost like a good bad guy that you kind of... I mean, it's Kevin Spacey going to like him no matter what, but like you know, uh, <laughs> when he's putting heads in boxes and Kaiser Soze. Spoiler alert! Uh, but like, yeah,
1: m- much more of a villain than his Lex Luthor betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Were you a fan of his Lex Luthor?
0: Can I just oh. ask you that off of the record? It's well, not really off the record. You're off on a podcast. <laughs> um, quickly press stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, apart from his his evil plan was real estate development. <laughs> But I, I enjoyed his enthusiasm in the character.
0: Is it, uh, I, take. I, I love that movie. Yeah. Much better than Jesse Eisenberg. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg did no a, a decent Joker. So, um, uh, <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's really a, a lot more you want to add. I mean, if you wanted to reference any of the other characters, maybe. I mean, we talked a bit about John Hamm, uh, Jamie Foxx. Anything to add on Jamie Foxx's character in this film at all?
1: Um, he reminded me. Ugh, what do he remind me of? He had a similar kind of character um, in Horrible Bosses.
0: I haven't seen Horrible Kevin Spacey was in that too, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, Jamie Foxx plays just this like hard-as-nails criminal, except that in that he's completely incompetent. Right. <laughs> and it's like hilariously incompetent at being uh, a criminal. And in this one, he kind of plays the same. Um, it reminded me a lot of his... Um, I mean, in Collateral, he was trying to play more of a good guy. Um, and so, I don't know. I it mean, we we fine. just
0: obviously talked a lot about him in the Amazing Spider-Man too. So, no, that's I, right. I just wanted him to be like, you know, Spider-Man remembers me. It's my birthday, and he's got like this wall of like, you know, him <laughs> on the wall.
1: I mean, apart from um, you know, where his character arc ends, him. What were your thoughts about John Ham in that role?
0: Oh, he was he was great. I mean, he he was. I really did like his character. I I really did. I liked um. I, I've got the actress's name Who was playing alongside Darling of the, Darling So like I mean yeah. That's what Well it's not a, the actress's The name character yeah But like name. I mean That's what he's They're married aren't they I think it's you, They reference that they're married They are married Because they, they say about Getting married again So they're married uh, And just the way They play off each other And uh, yeah I mean he was great I really do Like he re- He really reminded me of someone And I still have not Like connected who it is But there's definitely someone He just really reminds me of And it's gonna It's gonna come to me at one point and I'm just gonna like Fuck that's who it is <laughs> Yeah
1: he, I mean, it was he was pretty much dressed like the Punisher.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but and also uh, the, one of the other criminals at one point uh, was Needles from Back to the Future. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I kind of like. I looked. I looked he looks so familiar. Yeah, because I sort of read in the trivia. I don't know if you did. There was like lots of little subtle Back to the Future references. Yeah, yeah, yep,
1: with um, Doc and Griff and yep. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I well, I mean, there was like two. Two female characters in the entire film. Yeah. Pretty much.
0: Well, I mean, there were two others, but they were kind of very silent. The post office lady and the the lady who gets a bag stolen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But neither sort of like um, the criminal darling or Deborah are really probably explored. I mean, do we get any idea why Deborah hates her life so much that she wants to run away with?
0: No, on a whim. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of we only get a few sort of... Her with the the you know cliche douche diner boss, mm. um, yeah we really don't. But I mean it's again it's kind of going back to our what we were saying before about some of these other characters. It's like you almost can give it a pass for not developing these characters because I mean yeah, it I is very baby centric. Yeah, it's it is all about baby. Yeah. Um, but I mean it's kind of like yeah how like as I said we we don't necessarily feel we need to know more about these characters and it's kind of I mean she's a very I mean, is sweet the right word? I mean, she's she's not pure sweet innocent because clearly how she ends up in the film is not completely sweet and innocent, but she's got that level about her that, you know, she's... I mean, look, if I was in a diner and she was serving me, I would I would want to talk to her more for, for multiple reasons.
1: Yeah, and um, I don't know. Uh, she just... I just wish I knew what her motivations were to just give up everything and disappear with this guy and to go through so much for him. Mm. Um... Instead of just being like swept up in him, like you know, he's a baby faced, handsome looking guy who can drive well, but at the same time, people are trying to kill him all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got that level of mystery about him, though, doesn't oh. he? Like, you know, yeah. I mean, isn't that what all the girls are into these days? That's why I'm single. I, I'm not mysterious. That's I wear I, I listen to Madonna and Kylie Minogue. That's I... not mysterious, that's gay.
1: Can't say, <laughs> I can't say whether they're into mystery.
0: Or not. I don't know. You have a girlfriend now. So. Were you mysterious when you swiped right?
1: <laughs> Very mysterious. You did it in a
0: mysterious way. Yeah. Yeah. I went. Ooh Yeah, I'm just like going right, 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 right.
1: How dare you take the romance out of my... <laughs> you know, the, 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 it's,
0: it's it's in 10 years' time, it'll be accepted. <laughs> Believe me, in 10 years' time, you're just literally going to be like, oh, yeah, cool, we met on Tinder. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in my relationship with my, you know, Louise, hi, Louise, I'm sure she doesn't listen, she's moved on. Uh, I mean, like, we met in a chat room. I mean, back then, in 2008, that was taboo. It's like, what, oh, a chat room. Chat room for what? Was it Club Penguin? Or? It was teenchat.com. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys cyber... Uh, I tried to, but she rejected <laughs> me. <laughs> and usually I would block them and move on to the next, but for some reason I felt nice that day. Oh, so well, well, All man. that eight years <laughs> could have been avoided if all of a sudden I just fought with my dick rather oh, than my head. Uh, but yes... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, believe me, if you listen to all of these spoiler-free ones with Colin and Jamie, she ends up talking about like shirtless Hugh Jackman and how she wants to like get with them and he's poor old Colin listening to his wife talk about buff men and he's awkwardly trying to move it on. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note,
1: awkwardly moving on.
0: Uh, if there's nothing really else you want to add, I mean, we can we can probably get into our rating. I kind of feel I think I both know what we're going to do with this, but I mean, if there's anything, but I guess quickly touch you on it. We, we mentioned before about the possibility of a sequel. Is this a film you'd like to see, a sequel, or is this kind of a film that you think should just exist on its own? Mm,
1: I love the idea of it existing alone, being untouched. Like, of course I want to see more of it. A sequel gives you the opportunity to see more of it. And maybe, I mean, as long as Edgar Wright gets full control of it and he's got a really good idea that he's excited about, then, yeah, if the studio's pressuring him to do a sequel because it's making money, probably not a great idea. But, <clears throat> I mean, it's going to happen either way. I just... Yeah. I'd hate for there to be a sequel and for it to suck, and for that sequel to ruin the first one.
0: Completely agree, and I mean, there's there's room for a sequel. Oh, obviously, there's yeah. definitely it's definitely got an ending that can work on its own, and it can open things up for a yep. sequel. Um, I, I I would I, I'd be happy for this just to exist on its own. Yep. I mean, again, I, a sequel, yeah, sure, if they did it right, but. I definitely would be happy for this, you know. If anything, maybe a prequel, but uh even mm. then might have some issues. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's kind of going to be interesting to explore it. Uh, but we'll get to get to the rating system. Uh, obviously, I, I kind of briefly touched on this with you because, I mean, you did sort of stop listening to our Spider-Man Homecoming one when you were so incensed and rage about it. Um, but so essentially, uh, our system is, uh, would you buy it? You love it so much, you buy it. It's on the shelf that I'm looking here right now with uh, all your other DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, you'd rent it, you know. You, I mean, it's kind of obsolete renting. It's what, you download it legally and...
1: Well, you- you, you can still rent on iTunes, so would yeah. you rent it on iTunes?
0: Yeah, well, you know, Blockbuster, Video City. Uh, <laughs> I can make that joke now because you get that. <laughs> uh, or you hated it, you bin it, you know, shit. Um, you know, I mean, considering you, you said you want to go see it again, I kind of feel I think what you're going to say here.
1: I mean, I haven't bought a DVD or Blu-ray in probably a year and a half, two years. Baby Driver might be the first one that I I put on the shelf. There you go. Um, It's a bit of a nightmare, like, moving house and carrying all that (laughs) shit around with you and finding somewhere for it to keep. Especially when 90% of the stuff that I'm looking at on my DVD shelf is on Netflix. Yep. But, I mean, yeah, if that's got um, extras behind the scenes, that kind of stuff. Like, imagine watching them film all those car stunts. That is, yeah, I would put money over the counter for that. Definitely buy it. Yep, buy it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm buying this for sure. I mean, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I mean, I just literally, basically sold all my DVDs recently to mm. make money. Uh, but um, I mean, yeah, for sure, I would buy it. Uh, not even a question. Go so. see it in the cinema. Yeah, I, I definitely worth definitely worth a big screen uh, yeah. experience uh, with the music and just the sound and just everything. It's definitely worth it. So, um, especially yeah.
1: with the current state of of movies, where like so many studios are churning out such mediocre stuff. We really need to put that dollar value into these sort of ventures. I mean, you know, there was a studio behind it, but they gave Edgar Wright so much creative freedom and let him do his vision. And it'd be great to support that.
0: And it probably, and also, yeah, like you're right, and also, like in an age where pretty much most times people go to the cinemas is for a sequel or you know the the latest you know franchise movie. Yeah, and I'm not taking away from that. I mean, yeah, we just sure. did an episode on Spider Man, and we're about to do one on Planet of the Apes, and we're about you know we, we're yeah. on that bandwagon. But I mean, I was thinking about the fact that this might have been the first film I have seen at the cinemas that isn't. Part of like a franchise or a sequel. Yeah,
1: it's not a Star Wars and it's not Bond a, or, you know, a thing like that. Like, it's, been, it's yeah. been a
0: long time since I've seen just a standalone film mm. that's that exists on its own right. And I would have to delve into this very small brain of mine to find out what that film would have been. Yeah, so. and
1: come to think of it, you might be, you know, I might be right. I yeah. Mean, the last couple of things I've seen Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Man, Deadpool last year, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah there you go I mean that's, yeah. and it's worth it on its own right to kind of yeah. see that so we're both recommending it we're both saying we're buying it and then again later in the year we will of course do a, a full recap on this scene by scene shot by shot we can talk about spoilers we can do everything along those lines whether you're involved in that whether it's Colin and I or not we'll we'll see, we'll, we'll tie you in there I know you'll want to be involved but exactly. Marcus this has been fun to to get you on and we've been talking about doing this for a, a long time it's
1: been on the cards it has
0: been and we're, and we're here now we've done it and uh, it's been good it's been fun. I've enjoyed you being here on the on the show.
1: What's the next film we're going to go see?
0: Uh, Well, look, you're going to go see Baby Driver again, are you not? Uh, I believe Dunkirk's on the cards. I know Colin and I are planning on seeing Dunkirk. um, So uh, I think that's kind of coming up. Uh, Atomic Blonde looks pretty decent.
1: The Dark Tower, 17th of August. The Dark
0: Tower, that seems pretty decent as okay, well. okay. Uh, the Emoji Movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sad fact is that we are actually going to be covering the Emoji Movie just oh, for, because we kind of can't always do films that we like. So uh, if we live in a world where such a piece of shit exists, we should really give it a piece of shit of review. And for all we know, it could be the next baby driver. <laughs> no, it won't no, be. It won't but, be. <laughs> I think Colin and I both said we're actually not going to pay money to see it. We're just going to legally download a cam version and risk going to jail. 3rd of August, The Big Sick comes
1: out. Okay. Um, I'm really interested in seeing that. So, do you want to lock that in now?
0: Why not? We're just organizing for sure. Cool. Done. Let's do it.
1: In August, you and I will review The Big Sick.
0: The Big Sick. Sounds good. Done. It's a rom-com. I'm I'm, I'm common with other movies that rhyme with Big Sick, but... um... Yeah, we won't. Uh, clearly, my music taste, you'd probably agree with that. Uh, a big pleasure to uh, having your company, wherever you're listening. It's been a lot of fun having you, of course, as you know. Subscribe on iTunes, the easiest way to get these direct to us, uh, the Oz Network. You can rate us, you can leave us feedback, uh, everything else in between. And, of course, if you don't use iTunes, we are available on Stitcher. And also, of course, we are now uh, available to stream via Spotify. So, uh, if you like to stream your shit like all the kids are doing now, you can stream away. Are you a Spotify user or are you a Pandora user? I'm a Spotify user. You're a Spotify. Well, you can search for the Oz Network and you can subscribe away there's
1: a real thing cool it That's is
0: awesome. yes OzNetwork.net as well and of course uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter uh, thank you for your company uh, we've got plenty more of these coming up as we're saying we're seeing Big Sick uh, I know Colin uh, and Jamie will be putting up a Planet of the Apes one very very soon and again we're planning on of course doing as I said to a Dunkirk one down the line uh, we've got some other great film ones coming your way as well and of course our TV ones are still going as well just uh, follow us there Marcus again thank you thank you Ben and we Hope will be, be back next time wherever you hear our voice here